plane carrying 132 people crashed in China. Russia cancelled the peace treaty with Japan due to beginning sanctions. And the loss of six Russian generals in Ukraine war highlights the botched communication system of the Russian military. Today's featured interview: How a U.S. Olympian and his father were targeted by CCP spies. Welcome to When Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. All right. Good. Uh, good Monday. Right. Hope you had a great weekend. Yeah. Hope you have a good mood for the coming coming week. And so today, Kathy um, will bring you a feature interview of a of what CCP did to a U.S. Olympia family. Yeah, you remember,、um, you know, we talked to you about、uh, the different、uh, Olympians, right?、Yeah. Uh, especially Chinese descent. But、uh, this time, the story is very different, and it, it relates to the、um, announcement by the Department of Justice last Wednesday. Um, about how the CCP spies are actually doing a lot of things in the United States. Yep, and、uh, Ukraine, Russian Ukraine war has been raging on, and、uh, what can we learn from it? Okay, we we're gonna look into the so so you know so big a loss of the Russian generals in this war, six of them in just、uh, within less than one month. So we'll be looking to that. But before that, let's look at、uh, the other important news of of today. Uh, a China Eastern airline, Boeing seven thirty seven eight hundred, with one hundred thirty two people on board, crashed in the mountains of southern China on a domestic flight on Monday after a sudden descent from the cruising altitude. In a little over two minutes, the plane dropped from twenty nine thousand feet to the ground. A monitor camera of a factory less than one mile away captured the near vertical dive of the Boeing seven three seven eight hundred. All people on board are believed to have died. So different from the trouble the Boeing seven thirty seven Max, which you may you know have you may still remember, which recorded two crashes in two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen, one to Indonesia Airline,、mm-hmm. another to Ethiopia Airline, due to the faulty flight control system, the Boeing seven thirty seven eight hundred actually is a very secure model with great flying record. It's most used in North America, Europe, and Asia. Actually, as of today. Um, four leading airline of、um, of the U.S. bought and operating seven hundred seven thirty seven eight hundred. All right. So every day, two hundred of such model、uh, the the plane of such model flying in the airspace of the U.S. And what is the most weird about this crash is the near vertical dive, as most crash won't take such a sharp angle. Words from China's、uh, social media said it was a human-controlled crash. Well, Chinese government vowed to investigate it,、uh, but、uh, we'll see.、Uh, basically, on this kind of situation, seldom we can trust its、uh, transparency. But people still want to know what happened. Yeah. One side note is that actually they corrected the, the numbers of、uh, people who died,、oh, the passengers、really? from one thirty-three to one thirty-two.、Mm. So the only one person who was supposed to be on this、uh, plane actually at the 
final moment, he decided not to mm. get on board. <coughs> so he was actually became the uh, he became the lucky one who survived. Mm. Okay. So another international news is that Russia has withdrawn from a peace treaty talk with Japan and frozen joint economic projects related to the disputed uh, Korea Islands to the north of Japan due to the sanctions imposed by Tokyo over Ukraine. And the, uh, this is the statement from the Russia you know, Foreign Ministry. And uh, Russia and Japan have still not formally ended uh, World War II hostilities because of the standoff over the islands known as Russia as the uh, Kuril's and in Japan as the Northern Territories. Yeah, basically there are four islands there which was uh, occupied by the Russian military at the end of the World War II. And the Japan insists that this is, is a, it's a occupied territory, but Russia refused to return them. So they've been carrying on this so-called peace treaty you know, talk for basically decades, right? Mm -hmm. And then the Russian statement said, under the current condition, Russia does not intend to continue negotiation with Japan on the peace treaty. And uh, it said that Japan's openly unfriendly position and attempts to damage the interests of our country. And last week, Japan announced plans to revoke Russia's most favored nation trade status, expand the scope of asset freezes against Russian's elites, and ban imports of certain products. Okay, a side harm is uh, that Russia has uh, also withdrawn from the talks with Japan about the joint business projects on the island and ended the, the visa-free travel by Japanese citizens. Many Japanese citizens travel to the island to visit the grave of their ancestor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. So, so that's that. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, uh, another uh, uh, death of the uh, Russian general, the vice commander of uh, Russian Black Sea Fleet. Major General um, Pali was uh, killed yesterday. As of then, Russia has lost five generals in its war against uh, the Ukraine, which is a significant number compared to the estimated total 20 generals of the uh, invading army. Yeah, just think about you know when you have twenty generals, six of them are gone. You know what kind of you know turmoil that would have caused to the remaining um, the, the military and also to the to the soldiers who they they, they, they led. So Radio Free Europe actually have a special report uh, illustrating and highlighting how this could have happened. All right. So let's say the conclusion first. Many Western military. Experts suggest that the Kremlin and its planners botched their communication in the early weeks of the invasion. Mm -hmm. And then the report suggesting that an uh, uh, unsecured call may have aided uh, Ukrainian forces in targeting at least one of the Russian generals who have uh, reportedly been killed in the conflict. And many Russian prisoners of war revealed that they had no way of communication in battlefield. One soldier complained, we have no communication, we have no walkie-talkies, nothing. So why, why so? Okay. So the report said the roots of the Russian communication lapse lies in several areas. The first one is the mismanagement, uh, mismanaged development and the procurement process for the things like tactical uh, military radio, they just did not buy enough before the invasion. And, uh, and you know, under-trained and uh, underdeveloped developed um, radio specialist. 
and also the challenge of operating on foreign soil, which did not happen during their normal training time, right? Mm. First time they leave their country, then the Ukrainian and the cellular towers are foreign cellular tower, so they don't have a cellular network, they don't have they don't get to use the wire communication that caused um, you know turmoil to the communication system. And also when the communication needs involve mixed air, land and uh, naval forces, all troops are forced to use a system that's common to the least advanced among them. Yeah, for example, the 80th uh, Combined Arms Army used a much modernized communication system compared to the old you know, devices used by the 90th uh, 90th Guards Tank Division. Both are among the army groups that attack uh, Kiev. Yeah, so, so what to do? You have to restore the lowest common, resort to, uh, resort to the uh, lowest uh, common denominator, which is uh, insecure and uh, can be decrypted in real time. Yeah, so before we proceed, a short history um, uh, short, uh, about the Russian military on the communication matter, okay? So in, the, in, the, in August of 2008, Russian had a five-day war in Georgia and uh, over two breakaway Georgian, uh, you know, Georgian, <laughs> I'm sorry, Georgian uh, regions. And, uh, and that the five-day war exposed a serious problem, the lack, the serious lack of the tactical milita military radio. At one point, an, an Air Force officer, officer flew by helicopter to hand over orders personally, mm. believe it or not, okay? So the Russian general staff uh, vowed to resolve the problem um, in two years by uh, 2011. So every Russian soldier will have a tactical military radio device in, their hand, in his hand. So, well, later this job was given to a company whose uh, owner was an uh, advisor to the then president uh, uh, Medvedev. If you still remember him, he was the, kind of like a puppet. Uh, put on in the president, president, presidential seat by Putin. And the Putin have to only you know, serve as the prime minister due to the constitution of the Russia. And then so it has been the subject of the multiple criminal uh, investigations for fraud in manufacturing that device. Mm -hmm. So the device finally available is called Azarts. And it was available in 2012 after missing so many deadlines. However, they turned out to be quite unpopular among the troops. So, for example, in the Syria war, Russian soldiers just used a civilian walkie-talkie manufactured by China's uh, Baofeng company. The consequence, well, well at first, um, <clears throat> the benefit is very convenient. The consequence, insecurity. But it, it caused no harm, because at that time, the rebels, the, the rebels in the Syria, they don't know how to hack or you know, de decrypt the Russian communication, all right? <clears throat> So then the Russian military finally ordered around 60,000 uh, Azats. Uh, what's the cost? For $171 million US dollars for the current rate. What does that mean? <coughs> it means $3,000 a piece. <coughs> and then only, and it, it can only, how to say, supply one third uh, the number of the Russian troops in Ukraine. Okay, even they give the entire pack of the 60,000 or to the invading you know, troops. Only one third of them have this in their hand. And each, each of these $3,000 know, um, at, at, you know, in cost. So they plan to equip actually um, 45 brig uh, brigades, but did not happen. 
and then it also did not resolve the communication between the army and the air force. All right. So as the army moved into the foreign territory, what should have, been, have happened, okay, if things are right? Actually, repeater cars, repeater cars, and the new communication towers needs to be installed along the way as you move in, okay? <clears throat> but that setup and use required experienced operator, and uh, the Russian army apparently did not bring, uh, did not bring enough of them. They did not build those uh, repeaters and the towers as they, as they move along. So, um, so, and then the, the, the military uh, commentator said that in, indirectly, this also indicates that the Russian offensive groups did not expect to stay on the road for a long time. They think it's just two or three days. Mm -hmm. They don't need to do that. All right. So then, during the war, many soldiers and officers succumb to the temptation to use just ordinary phone. They just take the phone and the call. So what do they do? They simply take out Ukrainian SIM card. Okay, just take out the Russian SIM card, swap in the Ukrainian SIM card, and call their mom. Mom, I'm in the war, I'm in Ukraine, I'm just, you know, I miss you, and so on and so forth. Which all heard by the Ukrainian military because the communication <coughs> happened through the Ukrainian SIM card, which goes through the Ukrainian cellular tower. It's all heard. Oh, wow. This is what happened, okay? <clears throat> so Ukrainian people, uh, when they do the communication, they, they have everything encrypted because it's their network. But the Russian SIM card communication goes through this, that in plain language. So Ukrainian government can, and the intelligence can easily intercept the content of the conversation and also can determine the location of the caller. See, that's the answer. Mm. You know, when they detect somebody's talking like a general, issues order of a general, and we know the location of the general, chances are they're going to send an attack force or send a missile to that very location. So different from people's uh, speculation that the Russian generals move themselves too, too much in the front of the battle line, no, they were, they were identified at least, well, that's a credible report, at least one general was taken out that way. But chances are there have been more than one generals. And this is the, the next piece of the episode is true, okay? It's, it's quite shocking, okay? Remember in the early days of the invasion, uh, Russian ordered this Chechen, Chechen hat, okay? His name is uh, uh, Ramzan uh, Kadyrov. And he's uh, and ordered him to lead a convoy of uh, forty nine you know armed vehicles to find and uh, and uh, assassin um, President uh, Zelensky, and then the entire the entire corp was wiped out. Okay, and then before that happened, and the Chechen had actually suggested a commander in his corps who traveling who was traveling to Moscow on the eve of the war to obtain some clean Ukrainian SIM cards. Hmm. So ask his, uh, you know, his officer, go to Moscow, buy some unused SIM card, because after we start the war, we need to talk and we need to plug in those Ukrainian SIM cards. Can you believe it? Wow. They have no way to talk to their people. That's uh, kind of inconceivable. So you probably can imagine that why that, uh, you know, why that troop was completely wiped out. But it could be that U.S. you know military satellite was watching their move and tipped the Ukrainian troops. But it also could be they was just using the Ukrainian SIM card and uh, mm. got hurt. This is what's reported by the by the BBC. And where did the BBC get the information? The BBC got this audio recording of this Chechen person oh, so issuing did, those order in the audio did, message. They did got the they recording. Got that. Mm. Yeah, they got that. 
So it's quite incredible, you know, when, when things like this could happen um, to a you know, modern time in military. You just use the enemy country's, you know, SIM card to do your communication. Mm. Basically, just open yourself up to them. Okay, so, um, yeah, so basically many Russian generals, as we put the report, talk on unsecured phones and radios. So, which caused the um, Ukrainian uh, military to geolocate a call and kill such general. Um, Wow. You know, after obtaining the, the, his location. If that's <clears throat> true, then it does give some hints and the lessons to every country, know, whoever. Yeah. Every country has to learn from this. I, I, I'm sure like a CCP, China or CCP and a Taiwan has to learn from that. They were the, how to say, nearest next uh, war, regional war. Yeah. So actually, uh, I've been just uh, trying to read through some of the comments. Yeah. yeah. What and, do you think? Yeah. yeah do you Matt, actually, mm -hmm. Matt Johnson said, uh, hey, uh, um, I know you are against the CCP. You think Russia is allied with the CCP? Uh-huh. What do you... Yeah, so I think there's some um, yeah, discussion on this subject. <clears throat> Maybe we can, you know, kind of touch upon yeah, that. Yeah, actually, there, there's a different point of view on that. And uh, I know that a different, uh, how to say, argument and uh, point of view. Uh, one is, uh, you know, Russia really is, uh, is uh, how to say, is a uh, totalitarian regime, right? Mm -hmm. just, and the start of this invasion um, just outright that way, and then it is, uh, it's a very unjust war. Some other saying, you know, point of view is like uh, this is, uh, you know, deep state align, aligning with uh, Donetsky and to try to trap um, uh, Putin, and so on and so forth. Okay, let me just share, share with you my point of view um, and uh, based upon uh, my observation. Yeah. Do you, would you, before you're going through that, would you like to yeah. answer Matt's question? He said, you think Russia is allied with the CCP? Or you wanted to just kind of mingle that into yeah, what you want yeah. to explain? Yeah, I, I sort of, um, yeah. Uh, how about let's, uh, let me just share my point of view. And okay. you can think about it. If you don't agree, that's fine. Just, just post there. And then we can do some, uh, you know, you know uh, interaction or communication here. So... <clears throat> Um, my understanding, you know, based on my observation, yes, I, I, I do th see that uh, CCP and Russia are lying here. Mm. But before that, before that, you know that the Cold War is over, right? Cold War is over. Russia become a non-communist country. But it's still, you know, type of regime, okay? Have some um, totalitarian kind of uh, nature, okay? Um, so the West saw Russia as... Uh, how to say, as still a, like, um, like a, how to say, old communist regime, mm. okay? And then, so this, this kind of a point of view carry on after the Cold War is over. And uh, the idea, the, the point of view was especially intensified after the 2008 Georgia War mm -hmm. and after the 2014, the annexation of the Crimea, all right? The West was seeing that, gosh, they, they were so bold and outrageous and they just come, out, come over and grab the land. We have to stop them, okay? So the, the point of view upon Putin um, after the Cold War is carry on. You know, they just inherit that point of view. Mm -hmm. By both parties, okay? The both parties, not just the Democrats, but also by many, many Republicans. The only person, the only person who saw it differently, guess who? It's President uh, Trump. Mm -hmm. President Trump see uh, that Russia is not a communist nation anymore there's a very good chance for the U.S. to reach out and pull Putin out, put Putin out, out of there and into the camp of the West. 
give him modernization, give him economic, uh, how to say, um, prosperity, uh, give him um, free economy, <clears throat> free market, or say, you know, lead him to free market. And there's a very good chance uh, to do that. Okay, and he was starting to do it even before when he was running for office, right? Remember that? Uh, you mean Trump? <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beginning in the 2018, you heard Trump said, why have an enemy with, the, uh, with Putin? You know, we, we can be friends. When he was saying that, this, is, this was political incorrect, right? Because mm -hmm. Russia was the enemy, Russia equals the Soviet Union, and people just don't understand him, and people don't agree with him. And after he won the presidency, the Russian gate become, you know, his, uh, you know, the attacking, how to say, attacking place uh, for his uh, political enemy. So his idea of uh, pulling, you know, pulling um, Putin out into the, into the Western world, in the, into the free world, did not happen, all right? So now, then later, <clears throat> when the, our, the, you know, after 2020 election, and uh, President Biden, he's, he basically just carry on the old strategy. Mm. Okay, it's the enemy, we need to arm um, Ukraine, we need to, you know, even pull Ukraine into the, um, into the West, into the NATO, okay? Actually, since 2015, U.S. has been sending military specialists, trying to modernize Ukrainian's army, try to train them, bring them up to speed. Actually, this has been happening all along the way because, because of the Crimea, okay? So starting with uh, President Obama and then throughout uh, President uh, uh, Trump and until, until today. So all those things sow the, the deep distrust uh, in the heart of uh, Putin. He really hates this. He said, you always view me as the arch enemy, and you, you always try to push over and someday try to maybe try to, you know, just um, overtake Russia. So he feels this great insecurity and also feel that he's losing the great Russia, the great Russia, which is his dream. Mm -hmm. So even Putin was not, is not a communist, but he, he has his ambition. He wants to recover the glory of the Russia. So then now he's, he's been treated this way by the West, so he, this, 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 how to say, this hatred, this discontent just grow in his heart. Mm. So then, when he was ready to well, find a final reason, now, now after seeing that Ukrainians join close to NATO and even have a chance to join NATO, he really got mad. So he built up the army there and ready to, and thinking about invading. Okay, of course, that, that took a lot of risk, right? What if he faced, you know, just tremendous amount of um, sanction? What would he do? He saw that Biden would not stop him with force. Biden's not Trump. So he see a chance, he see a, see a weakness there. Mm. But what about the sanction? So that's why he went to Beijing in February 4th. He talked to Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping pretty much, okay, I, I was not there, but pretty much Xi, Xi Jinping packed his bag and said, go ahead. Yeah, because they signed, uh, uh, you know, a treaty like fifteen a, yeah, agreements, fifteen agreements about like including a, twelve one hundred twenty billion dollar of the oil deal. Right, and also saying the cooperation between the two countries unlimited. That's no that's no bound. Right. Mm -hmm. So Xi Jinping in China packed the back of the Putin and simply said, essentially, go right ahead. We'll cover you. If there's a sanction, we got the second largest economy in the world opened up, opened up door for you. Don't worry about that. That's how Putin pulled the trigger, okay, of the invasion, you know, and start the invasion. Mm -hmm. And everybody mis you know, thought it's a quick war. It's another play of, uh, just another, another version of the Crimea. 
two or three days, it will be the country will be overrun. And uh, even on the even second day, the U.S. government notified President Zelensky, we're going to airlift you out. Come out. That's when he said, I need ammunition. I don't need it right. Right? So China thinks it's a quick win. Putin thinks it's a quick win. And Biden thought it's a quick loss. So the game will be over in three days. And uh, Xi Jinping was thinking, f figuring out, you know, by helping with the winning war, it's not bad. Yeah. Also, just from what you described, you know, that's according to how I talked to some of the experts. It, uh, CCP, the Chinese Communist government, they not necessarily saying we are firmly stand with uh, Russia, mm -hmm. just like they did with like North Korea, right? Mm -hmm. But what they like is to really try to instigate the divider or the even the war so that they can benefit yeah. in between. So basically, if Russia and the West has a big war, CCP would feel that I'm sitting on the wall, okay? Right. I'm benefiting left or right. Because to stop Russia, the West has to come to back me. And then to, to win over the West, the, you know, Russia has to come here to back me. Yeah, so he thought that's he, why. Yeah, he, 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 he would win anyway. Right. But one thing went wrong. Only one thing went wrong. This guy, Zanaski, he did not yield. He just doesn't yield. And with him not running away from his post, the entire Ukrainian people stand and fight. And nobody expect that. It was a, such a fierce, you know, fight, such a fierce resistance. And to the point of today, as you can read, I don't know whether you agree to me or not. I, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I read enough um, news report, and we also interview military expert. And you know, now, um, Putin was uh, was in the in, in, was, you know, in in a deep uh, how to say hot water. Yeah, hot water. He's uh, he, you know he couldn't win the war, and the time goes by he could not he couldn't win the war even further. Okay, now this is, here comes trouble. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but. I think by an analyzing that, uh, there's no, you know, we're not talking, that's how I, you know, from according to what I know, we're not talking about, um, you know, because some people have different uh, uh, information or different uh, opinions on how President Zelensky, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of person he is or what kind of government he is, you know, we're not talking about that mm -hmm. because, you know, right now in, you know, there are facts. Uh, there are videos and photos showing that uh, the Russians, Rus Russians are bombing the uh, residents mm -hmm. in Ukraine. In Ukraine, so it, it's. But we are not talking about uh, because from my um, previous, um, uh, info, you know, the information I received previously mm -hmm. before this war, actually in Ukraine, in Ukraine, people are not satisfied. Uh, had a, actually a lot of um, disagreement with what how the government is handling the co you know handling the pandemic how they handling the economic economy you know there's, so this by there's no way uh, it's not saying that um, uh, we are we think this government is good or how Zelensky is good or not it's totally a different topic yeah so um, because I do have some contacts in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, they report to me some of the, like, protests during the pandemic, mm -hmm. how the government trying to impose some very, um, you know, like, a strict laws to, especially to those uh, small business and uh, making them just uh, 
uh, feels like unbearable. So actually, in in September, in September, let me see. That's in September two thousand twenty. Uh, so it was so unbearable. So people like a. Uh, uh, tens of thousands of Ukrainians, mm -hmm. they just went on to the street to protest the uh, the parliament in Ukraine, trying to pass a series of laws which um, make them feel that they cannot support their small business anymore. So, yeah, it's it's a totally different thing, I think. Yeah, he wasn't the first. Uh, he the, the the rating of uh, President Zelensky wasn't very high before the war. And then there's one thing. The second, there's indeed a lot of bad blood between the Ukraine and uh, and Russia over the eastern region, which is um, which is a, area, a region of conflict. But anyway, the the story comes to the war. When the war came, indeed, uh, President Zelensky just held on. He was there, and then he's he's still there, and then that um, makes all the change. Okay, this break all the you know. How to say um, the estimate or prediction of um, of every every concerned party. So when he stand, his people stand. So Ukraine is holding firm here, and then the war doesn't seems to be a quick one-sided win. Now they enter a a war of attrition, and uh, with the Russian military's uh, logistic issue, with their you know with their the, the current laws, and also the communication issue we just talked about, mm -hmm. you know, become a very very difficult war for um, for for Putin. So this is where we are, and the U.S. now see the chance they're gonna keep supplying uh, Ukrainian uh, Ukrainians. So, you know, the, the, the balance will tip as time goes by, and the Ukrainian will be strengthened more and more. And then now we'll see that how this would end at this time, okay? And President uh, Putin pretty much just uh, doubled down, right? He just fired these supersonic um, uh, missiles, which is, you know, not really necessary because the normal cruise missile can do the same damage. But he did that. He did that three times to show power. It's basically, see, I'm still strong. And then he's even talk about uh, you know the evacuation uh, of the you know for the nucle nuclear war, which really got the West nervous. Mm. So basically, he's trying to show to be strong, so that I think either he wants to want to get something on the negotiation table, and end all this in in a somewhat decent way, or he really loses his mind. I hope not the latter. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, it's just you know, the war with the war going on, the lives lost. In both Ukraine and uh, Russia, Russia is just, you know, I think most people just would wish the war will just, um, yeah. yeah, just uh, get over as mm -hmm. soon as possible. Yeah, but a clear benefit, okay, of this war, from, from my point of view, being the Chinese American, is it indeed it show the weakness of the Russian military. Chinese American. I'm sorry. Yeah, Chinese American. Yes. Oh, okay. Chinese, Chinese American from China, right? And uh, the war actually make Taiwan safer. Okay, why? Because you know Taiwan was really, really afraid of uh, CCP when their huge army and air force and and, and, and navy uh, you know invade. The only hope they have is please, American, please come to help rescue us. Now they see Ukrainian, they don't they don't do this. They stand firm and they fight, and then with that fight, they they are winning their country back. Mm -hmm. So the Taiwanese they were greatly strengthened. Their, their will is oh I didn't know that we could fight fight to our death and uh, earn, earn, earn our life. Okay, that's what they learned, this one thing. The second is uh, pretty much, pretty much Chinese military borrow, steal, or bought Russian and Ukrainian technology, military technology. Mm. 
Okay,、mm-hmm. they were viewed as one of superpower, right, during the Cold War, and、uh, the, all, all their like Dongfeng, the East Wind, the big、uh, you know gigantic missile, and、uh, and then they they were Ukrainian technology. Now the world see that Russian technology is is just so so. Okay, it's far from the level of the West. Now people are seeing that this、uh, CCP technology, military strength, how powerful they are. So both side, CCP themselves, and American and the West. Come to reality, seeing that how much they really have in their toolbox, and the Taiwan people, Taiwanese people now have a much much strengthened will to, you know, to safeguard their home. I think yeah, this is I think a this is positive one, thing coming yeah, out of this. Yeah, one of the positive things <clears throat> that、uh, so many、uh, Taiwanese people they just realize, and I think it strengthened their.、Um, Belief of、uh, they have to really strengthen themselves、mm-hmm. rather than seeking for outside of、mm-hmm. outside helper. Yeah, yeah. And in Chinese word, there's a word called 自助者天助之 Okay, the heaven will save you only if you save yourself. You're willing to save yourself. So yeah, that's yeah, so, the. So.、Um, Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I saw so many discussions, but I don't have、uh, enough time just to glance through all. So, yeah, how do you think? Because there are just so many information out there, and sometimes really just on the two sides of the scales. And、uh, so we have been、uh, asked by some of our audience, you know, to discuss that. And、uh, I actually didn't. Um, got to do much.、Here. Got to do much. Yeah. Let's read some、uh, comment and 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 onimus. And、uh, you said, I honestly think that once Russia owns Ukraine, there's a one hundred percent chance for China to invade Taiwan. I agree with you. That's true. Yeah. If China see or the CCP's, you know, saw that well, it was so easy for Russia to take Ukrainian, and the West is weak. They are not strong. Okay. They 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 stand by. They were standing by. Why don't I do it too? And、uh, of course, then Matt Johnson said,、uh, "Taiwan is recognized country. Ukrainian Ukraine is not." I think your point of view is that the U.S. will defend Taiwan. I think that's、um, have much bigger likelihood, but the answer is still uncertain. Okay, we don't know. We don't know our our government, the U.S. government would fight for you know set, again set the boots on Taiwan. Would they do that or not? We don't we don't know.、Um, Yeah, so Taiwan have to fight him, fight himself to earn the chance. Yeah, by themselves.、Uh, yeah, yeah, by themselves to earn that chance. So now, the Ukrainian war, Ukraine war,、um, you know, just、um, set a model for the world to see, for everybody to see. Yeah, and also said、uh, <coughs> earlier, I wanted to say America has no business in any of this. It's not our country. However, the whole nuke agreement we made in the past kind of shot us in the foot. Mm-hmm. I think it,、uh, you know, quite some、uh, our f- fellow Amer- Americans have the same sentimentality,、mm-hmm. right?、Yeah. Sentiment. Right. Yeah. yeah, I see. I see. Hate CCP.、Uh, I hate CCP. You you wrote that、uh, like Zelensky equals to Biden and Biden CCP puppet.、Uh, allow me to share my point of view. Okay. Um, um, Biden could you know could work with the CCP under the table before he become president. But after he became the president, his entire thought changed because now he's seeing things from different angle. Okay, and、uh, CCP become the well in, in his eyes、um, competitor. Competitor now has become a some kind of like a strategic threat. He does not view CCP as a fatal enemy yet.
but its entire point of view changed. Okay, so if you say Biden is a CCP puppet, I, I, I disagree. He's not. He could become, and, but he's not. Okay, so um, we don't, you don't need to worry about that, in my, in my, you know, if you believe me. Really? You, yeah, you don't need to worry about that, because now they, they, they don't live together. Okay, they just don't live together. Um, Biden, in, in one way, represents the free world at this time. He's still the president of the United States. Okay, in another word, in another way that he, if you think that he represents the radical leftist, or he got the, how to say, control or or influenced by the radical leftist, and that force does not live with the CCP either. Okay, that's that's true. They that, don't live that, with I the agree. CCP either. Both are both want exclusive power. When they meet, they fight. They don't they don't collaborate. Okay. And uh, so this is the situation. So I, th I think by mixing this together, we, 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 we muddle the picture. We don't, we don't see the clear threat of our world. Okay? They, they don't mix together. They fight. Yeah, so what I think is um, you know, how, you know, what's the state of uh, Biden? Um, I cannot say for sure. It, both both uh, scenario that uh, weigh and analyzed, I think that's uh, all, also all possibilities. But to which extent uh, that he's on, you know, which side, uh, it could, could be a, a combination. Um, but um, oh, for one thing, I think I also, I agree that uh, even you know the extreme left, they won't really. Be like a, they won't um, be with the CCP. They won't, totally. they won't collaborate with them because they are how to say they are about absolute power. Yeah, they are both. To put it simple, do you believe that? Do you believe me that they, they don't mix? So so yeah so yeah we, we, you know and I hate CCP. I don't think you need to worry about that. And as for Biden equals to Zelensky. Uh, I personally don't think so, but I don't. I don't think we have but, enough but time. But I think to... if uh, if you know any of you have like some evidence or some facts, we would love to, to hear that, hear that yeah. or read about that. Right. So yeah, because you know we are not saying we know everything, mm -hmm. right? So we but we try to do the best that we can, and oftentimes you know for myself at least I always learn from. You know our viewers, our the, the experts that I interview. So yeah, please, if you have some information that you think we missed, mm -hmm. please share with us. Yeah. If you don't want to post here, send us email sohnews at sandamhope.org. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So uh, now uh, enough of the Ukrainian war. Let's talk about the our Olympics, right? <laughs> our Olympic family. Mm -hmm. So what's the story, Kathy? Yeah, so um, one of our U.S., uh, the Team USA, okay, the U.S. Olympian, who is also the national figure skating champion, Alisa Liu, she visited her hometown in China for the first time during the Beijing Winter Olympics and was welcomed by her fans. However, what she and the outside world did not know was that she and her father were targeted by the CCP spying operation before going to China. So why did the CCP target them? That's the story I'm going to share with you uh, with a feature interview. 
So you, most of you may or may not know, Alisa Liu is the youngest ever national figure skating champion in the United States, having won her first championship at age of 13. She's also the youngest woman to win two senior national titles at the age of 14. Now, Alisa Liu is uh, 16 years old, and she went to the Beijing Winter Olympics as TMUSA's youngest figure skater. She finished seventh on her Winter Olympic Games debut in the women's single competition in February. Alisa Liu and her father, Arthur Liu, were among the CCP's buying targets that the uh, Department of Justice alleged last week. DOJ on March 16th announced charges against five men accused of acting as the agents of Chinese Communist government in a series of brazen and wide-ranging schemes to stalk and harass Chinese dissents in the United States. Arthur Liu said he and his daughter, Alisa, were included in the criminal complaint as dissent uh, dissent number three. Dissident. Dissident, I'm sorry. So as a dissident number three and a family member, respectively. So you may wonder who is uh, Alisa Liu's father, Arthur Liu. Liu is currently an attorney in Oakland, California, which is across the bridge where we are. He is a former political refugee from China. In 1989, June 4th student movement, Liu was a Graduate, at that time, he's a graduate student in English and American literature at a university in Guangzhou called Sun Yishen University, which is in southern China near Hong Kong. During the student democracy movement, Liu was elected by the local students as the chairman of the Patriotic Student Association of Guangzhou Universities. After the Beijing authorities cracked down on the student movement on Tiananmen Square on June 4th, Liu continued to organize protests in Guangzhou in the following days. He was subsequently listed on the wanted list by the local authorities. So eventually he was rescued and fled to Hong Kong and then came to the United States by the end of 1989. So, through working in a Chinese restaurant while studying in the night school, Arthur Liu became an attorney in the Bay Area, focusing on civil litigations, business transactions, immigration, and criminal defense. And uh, as uh, Alisa, when she was only five years old, Arthur Liu started to take her to the local ice center and taught her how to skate. And then nowadays, you know, until now we saw how Alisa Liu turned out, right? So with regards to the DOJ's allegation of a CCP spies operation targeting Arthur Liu and his daughter Alisa Liu, so I started my interview with uh, Arthur Liu by asking how much he knows about it and what exactly happened. Uh, first of all, I was approached uh, by the FBI last October uh, that uh, the Chinese agents uh, are trying to collect uh, my information uh, and my daughter's information, particularly uh, our passport information, 
uh, and I even heard that the one that uh, my most recent photographs uh, of me, uh, and uh, I was warned by the FBI, and I was aware of what was going on, uh, and they, they wanted me to watch over my shoulders, you know, pay attention to my surroundings. So why do you think the Chinese Communist government targeted you and your daughter? The reason I think is because I participated in the organization of the protests uh, uh, during the democracy movement back in 1989 in China. Uh, I was uh, subsequently wanted by the Chinese government after the Tiananmen Square massacre. Uh, and I was able to come to the United States as a political refugee. Uh, I think uh, even after 30 some years, uh, the Chinese government still remembers what I did uh, back in 1989. And uh, because my daughter is a figure skater, um, she has uh, been making a lot of progress. Uh, she won uh, U.S. Nationals in the last couple of years, uh, twice in a row in 2019 and 2020. So she had a, a very good prospect of making Team USA uh, in the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. Uh, so what I get think is the Chinese government was really afraid that I might go to China and use the opportunity to condemn the human rights violations, to promote democracy or human rights in China. And also my daughter, like two or three years ago, she posted on her Instagram to condemn the human rights violations uh, uh, committed by the government uh, on the Uyghurs uh, in Xinjiang province. So I think uh, the Chinese government was uh, aware of that. Even though at that time she was only 13, 14 years old. Uh, and uh, I think they were afraid that my daughter might speak up and say stuff like that during the Olympic Games. So they were uh, trying to uh, have a kind of tight control of me and my daughter. Uh, that's what I uh, think why they were doing this to us, because this is really going to the extreme. Uh, to hire, you know, to hire uh, investigators, uh, you know, to send spies to the U.S. to gather information and our passport information uh, in the U.S. So um, I, it, it's wrong. Obviously, it's against uh, international law and also against uh, U.S. laws to spy on anybody here in the United States. Yeah, they not only send the spies from China, but also they hired uh, like Americans, right? In your case as well. Right, they hired an American, uh, you know, local people to help them engage in such conduct. Uh, their plan was to have this man uh, from Florida to come to the Bay Area to. Uh, to plant GPS trackers on my cars, uh, to collect uh, our passport information, to gather our social security numbers and our personal information. Uh, and uh, my understanding that he came uh, to the Bay Area at least twice, and I don't know how long he stayed each time. Did you have personal encounter with him? 
I had a, a personal, in, uh, like over the phone. I clearly remember one day I received a phone call from somebody. Uh, sounds like a Caucasian man. Uh, he said he uh, represented uh, to me that he is an official from the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Uh, uh, that he needs my passport copies uh, and my daughter's passport copies to to uh, check if we are ready for international travel. Uh, and uh, I felt uh, suspicious uh, because, you know, uh, I I actually never had any uh, interactions with the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, back in October or before that. Uh, my most contact was with the U.S. Figure Skating Association. So I was a little bit suspicious uh, that uh, he would be calling me to get the uh, information. So I told him, you know, I would uh, uh, submit uh, the copies the next day directly to my contact uh, in the U.S. Uh, OPC. So uh, I didn't give him any personal information over the phone. But my understanding is that he actually came to the Bay Area uh, two days ago when the news broke. Uh, my neighbor came over and told us that uh, he actually saw this man at least twice uh, lurking around my office. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know what else he did to me. Uh, uh, their plan was to plant a GPS tracker on, uh, in my vehicles uh, and uh, gather my other personal information. So I, um, I, you know, I may have had personal encounters with him, but I wouldn't I wouldn't recognize it was him or what they were doing because I'm in, I'm in the open. They are in the dark, so I, I had I had no means to identify them. Right. Since the FBI warned you, uh, advised you, so were you worried to sending? You know, still having your daughter going to China, and uh, did she encounter any trouble over there? I was extremely concerned about my daughter's personal safety at that time because uh, at that time, uh, you know, from her past achievement, uh, we had, we felt that she had a very good chance of representing the United States in the Winter Olympic Games. Uh, and uh, with the Chinese government uh, collecting our information and uh, you know, going to such an extent to do this, that made me really frightened uh, and, you know, uh, and I'm very concerned about her personal safety. Uh, so I talked to the FBI, of course, uh, about that. And uh, uh, they pretty much assured me that uh, she will be safe uh, because she will be with the U.S. delegation she will have team leaders, she will have uh, teammates, and, uh, and, and also, uh, you know, the other officials from the State Department, from the U.S. Olympic Committee, you know, there are a lot of officials there watching over her. So, uh, and um, I felt uh, pretty good uh, about sending her there. Uh, uh, but at the same time, of course, as her father, I'm still very worried uh, about her safety. Yeah. Did she have any trouble over there or any suspicious, um, you know? 
she would not really know if she was followed or uh, if they uh, did something to her, uh, except there was one incident. Uh, I believe she, she told me there was like late, uh, late night, uh, she and another skater uh, went to the cafeteria to get some ice cream, you know, they couldn't sleep uh, because that was uh, after the free skate uh, in the Olympic Games. So they, they were done. The competition was over. So they couldn't sleep and so they went to the cafeteria. And there, there was a Caucasian man uh, intentionally sitting next to them and uh, engaged in conversations with them. Uh, even shook hands with them and uh, invited them to go to his apartment. Uh, and uh, my daughter got a little bit suspicious and then they left. Uh, but then he followed them uh, to their uh, uh, apartments uh, building, you know. So, yeah, and uh, I believe he, uh, my daughter reported the incident uh, to the authorities at that time. But we don't know what happened. Uh, if they ha if they had any investigation as to who that person is and what he was doing there, what his role was, uh, you know, but he clearly was not an American. Uh, he spoke English and uh, we, uh, he had an accent. So he had an accent. Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay. So now, does your daughter now she's back and uh, the news broke out? You know, for from the DOJ. Is she aware of that right now? She is aware of what happened, uh, and uh, she her first reaction was, "Why didn't you tell me earlier?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I didn't want to scare you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to scare you. You know." So she's uh, she's pretty mad about what happened, you know. But uh, you know what can she do? You know, she's only sixteen. So do you ever talk to her about what Chinese Communist government did and, you know, is doing and what they did with to you back 30 some years ago? Do you ever talk to her about those things? I have told her the, my story. Uh, yeah, so she's aware of my background. And uh, yeah, according to her uh, Instagram post, uh, she's very proud of what I did <laughs> back in 1989. So. Yeah. Uh, she's fine with it. She supports me. Yeah, because a lot of uh, Chinese parents may not, you know, tell their kids who were born here, you know, never had any knowledge about Chinese Communist Party. So sometimes their kids not really aware of those, you know, what's really happening there. And also things are happening here as well. Yeah, she's, uh, she's a little bit... Uh, uh, shocked uh, to learn, you know, that uh, the Chinese spies are on us, uh, and uh, she's really <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> so, from your experience, what you what would you like to say to our fellow Americans about what you and your fa your daughter uh, experienced? You know. We, we, first of all, we have to live our lives as we, uh, we want. Uh, we should not be stopped by 
uh, anybody uh, or threatened by anybody or intimidated by anybody the way uh, you know for the way of life that we enjoy in america we enjoy the freedom of speech you know freedom of association when and we have the rule of law here uh that's number one number two i think you know you, you you have, you have to uh, be aware of your surroundings and who's uh, around you. And uh, I'm not saying to be suspicious of everyone who approaches you, but, uh, you know, but definitely, uh, you know, have a second thought as to, you know, who are you dealing with. Uh, uh, be careful uh, because, uh, you know, the, the Chinese government would do anything to try to accomplish their goals. Yeah. Thank you, Arthur, for sharing with uh, our audience. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. So, Arthur Liu, the last thing he told, he shared with us is uh, be aware of who you are dealing with. She re he refers to CCP. So that's really the purpose. We share the stories uh, with you. Is a just to be aware, uh, trying to help uh, our fellow Americans to understand who we are dealing with. Yeah. yeah. And, and one phenomenon uh, is, uh, and this most recent DOJ charge show that uh, Chinese government has been coming more bold mm -hmm. in this country, in the United States of America. They're targeting Chinese Americans that they don't like, who are dissident. They're becoming bold. They spy on them. Sometimes they even attack them which did not happen before. U.S. is a powerful and, uh, how to say, and, and a proud and uh, country with a great uh, self-esteem. Self uh, team. They, they are not to, you know, just uh, coming in and, uh, and just, how to say, it's just like they, they become the policemen in, of in Chinese the, America in this country. Right, and see how <clears throat> the tactics they are using right, right now, not only the Chinese Americans, the Chinese nationals, they also hire the local yeah. Americans. <clears throat> They're learning, See? yeah, yeah, and that's how you know they in this way they make their attacks more like see less detectable, mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah, we you know really we would like to everyone to understand the nature of Chinese yeah. Communist Party and uh, be aware of. To to be frank, you know really. Uh, you know, somehow a lot of Americans just feel that uh, Russia is the, the most dangerous enemy of the United States. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't believe so. Really, uh, the CCP is the most dangerous enemy yeah. of the United States. And like we discussed before, this war in Ukraine right now could have been avoided, right? Yeah, if, it's, um, if, if Trump were here, and uh, just, just um, I just want to um, stress that, uh, think about that. R Russia, how powerful is Russia? Russia's uh, economic power, okay, the GDP is less than, it's less than Italy, okay? And, and um, it's only 10% of uh, CCP, I was told by an expert. Of, of what? The economy of right. Russia is yeah. only 10 percent. One tenth, one tenth of China. Yeah. So it really have, doesn't have any power. So without CCP, Russia has zero chance to with, with, withstand, to, to withstand the, the sanction. Without CCP, the North Korea won't ex even ex exist today. Without CCP, Cuban and, no, and Venezuela have no chance to exist today. What about Iran? 
Yeah, same thing. Same thing there. So China is、um, funnel support and、uh, sustain and sustain and、uh, prop up all those、uh, former communist regime or the current communist regime, and then that's really the the root of the evil in this world. And a lot of you know evil in this world. So if we can, if you know that, you know regime can be can be done away with, you know, would or disappear. The world will become much, much safer. Yeah, a lot of the problems nowadays gonna、yeah. just disappear. Yeah, we won't have we, we won't have zero problem. We、we'll、have much less problem. Yeah, and I hear CCP said that Russia is the small potatoes. CCP is number one threat to the world. Yes,、yeah. agree.、Mm-hmm. Okay, I I think that will be all for today. One hour.、Um, I'm just uh, um, Hollis, right? I'm sorry. Let's let's、uh, let's skip the joke today. <laughs> make sure we have that in the next show. Yeah, and actually today we had uh, uh, many more comments on Safe Chat. I'm pre-、uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah just just remember that、uh, Safe、great. Chat. We have our show there, Unstoppable Show there.、Uh, it's a great platform. And then for both our YouTube and Safe Chat viewers, thank you very much.、Uh, please make sure you click the like and、uh, on the YouTube. And、uh, today we have today well quite quite a few many more viewers than before. Yeah, let's see. Just maybe、uh, you know a,、mm. a couple of uh, uh, comments on safe chat.、Uh, Skoda said、uh, we cannot allow tyranny or communism to gain ground anywhere.、Mm-hmm. That's correct.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And、uh, the world needs、uh, Alex. You you wrote that、uh, Alex uh, uh, Poirot. You know the world needs to clarify,、uh, clearly recognize Taiwan as a so、um, sovereign, independent country, not as part of China. The statement of、uh, Taiwan as part of the China PRC is a self-proclaimed statement from CCP. It bears no truth. ROC is not PRC. Yeah. So why do our government keep repeating that thing? We have no need to repeat that. Only one, you know, only one country believe in that, which is PRC. Nobody else believe in that. Why do we, you know, even bother repeating their their self-claimed statement? Is that you know just bears no value? And、uh, shall not be recognized by anyone. Yeah, because decades of the U.S.-China policy already proven. You know, with CCP, you you know, it's not normal. It 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 cannot be even、uh, called as a government. Actually, as uh, uh, when I uh, asked, uh, interviewed that Ukrainian American, he believes you know CCP is not cannot be only、uh, cannot be even called as a government, and、uh, our. Um, U.S.-China policy for the past decades, right?、Mm-hmm. Already showed, you know. Initially, we think, oh, we can through the trade, through our、uh, good wills, yeah, it will change them politically. No, they won't. And、uh, so, why you think the nice words about not firm, like、uh, openly, firmly recognize Taiwan will change CCP's mind?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They only understand one thing: strength. It's a shame. They don't understand any other value. It's a shame on them.、Um, but since they only understand strength, the free world sh- shall use just use strength, and give up our imagination,、um, our our fantasy of that we can change or reconcile with the CCP. Anyway, thank you for staying with us and、uh, explore, you know, with us, you know, the the, the truth of our world. Yeah. As more people recognize,、uh, understand.、Uh, The truth, and、uh, there's there will be the hope. Yeah, truth is the most powerful thing in this world. Yeah, we just need some more time, a bit more time. All right, thank you. 
Yeah, okay. Thank you for being really, with us. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you tonight. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Take care. Good night. And see you on Wednesday. Wednesday right. night. Bye bye. Bye bye.